Hey everyone, this is Dr. G with the Ripple Effect Life. And today, for the first time, we have a very special guest, my wife, Sue. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sue. <laughs> so our plan is probably at least once a month to do a podcast episode with Sue. And on those, we'll talk more about relationships and kids and you know strategies that we've used as we've raised our four children. Uh, we've been married 30 years. Um, so things along those lines. And today we wanted to give a general, um, do a general episode more about, more about attitude, like positivity, optimism versus pessimism and things like that. So we've been around for a long time as a couple. So we've observed a lot of different people in relationships, outside of relationships, and we've seen how there is actually a power to how we think and people that seem to think more negatively or pessimistically tend to attract more things into their life to make them think more negative and more pessimistic um you know something like you know if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen to me um or you know, no one ever, no it's one ever has twice. This, yeah, yeah. No this one ever happened twice to somebody. Yep. No one ever gets chicken pox twice, except I did, you know, something silly like that. But, um, and, and we've seen the opposite a, as well, um, as far as positivity and optimism, bringing more positivity and more optimistic situations into, um, into, into our lives. Now, Correct. something some of you don't know about Sue is she teaches preschool and I know that she even begins to see it at a young age. That so is I, true. So I thought maybe you can kind of even share about that. Well, I guess the kids are always on a positive note. Always. Everything is always sunshine and roses. Um, but you can tell if a child is having a off day um, possibly by something that might have happened at home. Um, and that's it's um, it's hard to see because you do usually see them laughing, giggling. They always see um, like everything is so much fun. So when you do see that, um, that the parents, grandparents, cousins, aunts, uncles, neighbors, um, if they see an action that they are questioning, um, they will come in with a more skeptical start of their day, not knowing why something happened. So, um, yeah. yes. And, and scientifically, that's so important because the kids she's with are three-year-olds. And up to the time that we're seven years old, we have no protection to our subconscious mind. So anything we hear, we're going to believe. Um, again, positive or negative. We could say it as an adult sarcastically thinking we're funny. They don't get that at those young ages. So they're going to believe whatever they hear. And I'll tell you what, with what you just said about um, if someone in their life, is, if a situation's going on, one of the biggest things to bring negativity into a child's life or confusion or upset is when you break your integrity with them. Right. And it's simply promising them something that you don't do or you telling them to do something a certain way, maybe even punishing them if they didn't. And then they see or hear you do the same exact thing they just did. 
But because you're adult, it, it, you're an adult, it's supposed to be, you know, okay. So the hard part is when we're when we are adults, we have that protection between our conscious mind and subconscious mind. So we don't believe everything we hear, but those that subconscious programming is already in there. So one of the things that Sue and I have found is the only way to replace unhealthy subconscious programming is through repetition. Yes. So what are some things that you know that we've done that are repetitious, that are that help break old patterns that we don't like? Well, um, I'm not sure if this is exactly where we were going, but just even as our kids were younger, we always had the same routine. So... Um, it was, you know, it was, um, it was a nighttime, um, situation. It was always bed, book, or book, bed, sorry, bath, book, bed, apologize, um, bath, book, bed. And it was always like that. So they always knew that when it was downtime or starting to settle down for the night, it was, we're going to take a bath. Then we're going to read a book, and then it's time for bed. And even when grandparents would watch the children, um, babysitters would watch the children, whatever it would be, they always knew that, all right, I'm going to take a bath, and they're going to read a book, and then it's time to go to bed. So it was never a question of, I don't want to go to bed. So it was we always tried to make bedtime a positive routine, so it was never a fear of going to bed. Um also with um you know with kids if they know there's a certain time that you're going to eat breakfast or a certain time around to eat lunch and always a consistent time to eat dinner that you eat dinner as a family then that holds them responsible to being in a routine also and keeps them on track of, okay, I know this is what's going to happen next. So there's no anticipation of, oh, am I going to get thrown for a loop? Now there's always situations where they do, and we make exceptions for that. Um, but also in my teaching, I am consistent with that also. Um, you, We always know what we do in the morning is our routine. Then we have a snack at a certain time. The kids can't tell time, but it's usually 9.30, and they'll say, Mrs. G, it's almost 9.30, and it's time for a snack. So they always know that things are going to happen. Um, at the end of my day, um, we always sing a song. So the kids know, oh, okay, at the, it's, it's at the end of the day, so we're doing, we're doing singing. So now it's time for me to go home. So they know that that's the ending part. So keeping a, a routine is very important. Um, for a lot of kids so they know what to expect. Right, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it was our own children or the kids that you teach, but everything you just described gives them certainty. And certainty is one of the six basic needs that every human being has, and it's actually the most basic of basic needs is certainty. And consistency, like I know you do in the classroom and we've always done in our house, is what gives the kids the confidence in knowing that these things are going to happen. Um, and they, they thrive when you give them boundaries and you give them guidelines. Um, and they also thrive when they know what's outside of those boundaries and guidelines mm-hmm. and, and what the consequences are going to be when that happens. 
Um, so that's really, really important. Um, other things that I know we've done over the years is uh, we would type out positive affirmations, yes. literally tape them to the bathroom mirror and read them in the morning as we're getting ready. Uh, vision boards are a positivity because you're always looking forward. You're looking at expanding, uh, whether it's a trip you want to take or, you know, a house or a car or, or, you know, just a picture of a family together on vacation. Um, or one that we liked was, you know, looking at an older couple, an older married couple, so we can look towards the future as far as what we want, um, what, what we want to do. So it's that constant reprogram, and we all have to reprogram our minds to always think of things from a more positive or optimistic perspective. Right. Um, to piggyback that, um, back to family dinners, um, to start our conversations, um, when the kids were a little bit old enough to have conversations on how their days went, like at school and such, um, we would go around the table and we would take turns talking about thorns and roses. And so you would, um, for every thorn, which was something that didn't really quite go right for your day, um, you talked about a positive thing, which was your roses. And um, so we tried to say that, you know, there are things in the day that give you a hiccup or teach you a lesson or that you learn from, but also what came from that that was positive that you learned from that that maybe hopefully that action wouldn't happen again. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That was a great exercise that we did with the kids and it was fun. We made it fun. And it's one of those things they were learning without even knowing they were learning. They were, um, understanding how to turn a situation around because we'd have that conversation, you know, if you could do it differently, what would be, you know, what, what would you do different to get a different result? Uh, and that's a real life lesson because what we have always tried to do, and our kids are getting older now, so they're not even all in the house. One's married, a couple in college, things like that. But we have always consciously decided long before we even had kids to raise them to be independent, to raise them to be independent thinkers, which meant we needed to give them strategies. We need to give them an example. And we need to needed to literally at times sit down and just teach them lessons as if it was a school, you know, it's the ultimate home school is teaching them how to handle different things in life, how to turn things for their good. Um, so it certainly wasn't about, oh, everything's always wonderful. We only yeah. do positive things in our house. We never have anything bad, but it's, it's recognizing the good or recognizing the bad and helping them understand how much control they have over it. And even the things they can't actually control, the one thing we all could always control is our perspective or how we respond mm -hmm. or how quickly we decide to bounce back from a scenario that isn't always a positive situation. Right. I want to say that a lot of, now that our kids are older, a lot of the things that went wrong or that were life lessons are the ones they truly remember <laughs> And um, when we're sharing stories and such, they tend to bring those up the most. Um, not to say that they didn't talk about the good and the funny, because those definitely come up. But it's more the life lesson ones and how, now that they're adults, how they handled a situation um, through a tough time. And um, 
and conversations with even adults that are not doing exactly what they think they should be doing in the rightful way. Um, And so I think just by talking with your kids as a young age to talk about um, the wrongs and the rights, um, they know how to respond to adults in conversation. Yeah, that was definitely one of the things we shared with our kids is just because someone's an adult doesn't mean what they're doing is always right. Um, And that was hard for them to understand until they experienced it. Um, And the other thing from what Sue was saying is some of the things that happened, uh, you know, the the negative things, the life lessons for the kids, we could have protected them from, Mm -hmm. but we chose not to. Number one, it wasn't a a horrible, damaging thing, but (laughs) as the parents, we had the ability to preempt what actually happened but chose to let them live their life lesson because we want them to understand that every choice they make, every decision they make has consequences. Now, that's both on the good side and on the bad side. There's always consequences to every choice, but if it's a good choice, then it has good consequences. If it's a bad one, it has bad ones. And they need to learn that when the consequence isn't a big deal, but we made it a big, a big deal as parents and, and through the discipline they got uh, as far as the punishment and stuff um, because we wanted them to feel the bigness of the consequence when it really wasn't a big deal. But we can extrapolate out that, man, if they were of driving age and they were mm-hmm. making poor decisions, it can have a much bigger consequence than when they're not of driving age. So we purposefully made a bigger deal out of things that really weren't to teach them a lesson so when they got older and and the consequences were bigger they erred to the side of making better choices and better decisions now for some people and this is an interesting one some people i don't know if it's their upbringing i'm not sure what it is i still think it comes down to really just a choice but some people think more negatively as a knee-jerk reaction other people think positively Mm -hmm. as a knee-jerk reaction some are more pessimistic some are more optimistic i still think that's a choice though i don't really think it's our upbringing at all um i mean upbringing can put us in one direction or the other but ultimately it's our choice as we get older to decide how we want to look at life you know, do we want to live in in a society or a world that we're always afraid of and waiting for the next shoe to drop and waiting for something bad to happen? Or do we want to think good of people? Because 99% of them are. So it's all in what you focus on. You know, do you want to focus on the 99% of the people that are really, really nice and kind and genuine? Or do we want to focus on the 1%? of um you know all the bad stuff that that is out there as well um so we choose that for ourselves too not just our kids obviously we wanted to raise them a certain way but we choose it individually we choose it as a couple and that was a big thing for us is who do we want to spend time with as a couple who do we want to spend time with especially when our kids were young you know, we didn't always want our kids around certain people. So, you know, we didn't like how they did what they did, um, how they did did life necessarily. So that was a decision to keep our kids in a more positive environment, surrounded by people that we wanted them ultimately to emulate, learn positive things from. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's important. Right. I think that um, 
we did that in a few ways. Um, we always, um, you know, went to church. So we made, you know, God a priority. Absolutely. We always made um, each other a priority, um, taking time with dates with each other and things like that. Um, we read things, um, Tom's an ultimate reader, reader with um, positive motivational books and quotes and things like that. Um, so what the kids would see around the house are books that were motivating. Um, sometimes they were just little books that you could pick up and you could read a, a little short page and it would just give you a positive motivational thing to think about of your day and how to start your day. So putting those things out there um, to show the kids around the house is good. We have quotes all over the house with different um, positive quotes. Um, one yeah, like you, plaques on the wall. Plaques or, on the wall, right. Know, things like that. Yeah. Um, so I think the environment is not just the people you're with. It's also the things that you see um, and read every single day that's around you also help to make up your mood um, to help keep it on a more positive swing um, to help life always seeing the glasses half full. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And, and again, to reiterate what we said earlier, is every bit of what we've done, and for sure it's not perfect. Oh, gosh, no. Um, you know, it, it never is. The only perfect parents are the ones that don't have kids yet. You know, they, they think everything's going to be roses, and it definitely isn't. But everything we've done has been on purpose, has been consciously thought out. Um, Sue and I have had discussions long before we had kids, as the kids were growing. As we saw other people's kids who were older, you know, in certain scenarios, we talked ahead of time about, man, how would we have handled that with our kids? So then when our kids did get there age-wise, we were able to address that. Um, we always have a united front with our children. Um, I mean, they, they know they can't pit one of us against the other. We are a united team, even if we don't fully agree with how the other's doing it. We have a united front in front of them, and then we'll discuss something separately. Um, but again, everything revolves around our choice to consciously create our life. Everything leaning more to the positive and optimistic side. And like Sue said, church has been a central focus of our life, always. Um, and we've always had family dinners. We've mm -hmm. always said grace at dinner. Yeah. We've always talked about gratitude with the kids um, helping them to to recognize um, that that um, strategy. It, I think it's important every day to think yeah. about what we're grateful for. Um, One thing I um, would say is every morning you should wake up and the first thought should be is thank you for this day because you're already giving thanks for a wonderful day to happen. So that's... Um, our oldest son actually is now on, on his own, and he says that. He thinks that because he heard it over and over again to always say thank you. And when you say thank you, you tend to get more. So um, keeping that positive thoughts and, um, like Tom said, just being grateful and gratitude is good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on my first shared 
podcast. I feel very honored to be your first guest, so thank you. Well, you'll be not even a guest anymore. It'll be you and I doing this as we do most things as a team. And uh, we'll be getting into much more top, many more topics related to life. Um, we will have topics about health and how do you raise healthy kids in, in, in this world of ours. Um, but I wanted to start with the foundation of positivity for the first time, for us talking the first time, which I thought was awesome. Oh, so, that's good. so again, thank you. thank you. So as always, be kind to yourself. Be kind to those you love. And together, by doing all that, we can change the world.